2: and i bow to the buddha the light the divine in your seat especially you kelly <laughs> i have a guest here kelly right in front of me and my creative protege and the project manager of Ram Das's be here now network and uh, many other good works, and also a filmmaker and writer, creator in her own (laughs) right. So welcome to my Awakening Now podcast on the Be Here Now network. This is Lama Surya Das, the American Lama, and it's a beautiful day, as always, It's to be alive, what a gift, what a miracle. And perhaps now we're starting a deeper, bigger dive as this is Awakening Now 2.0 series. Because Kelly Rigo was my first collaborator or guest, if you want to talk old fashioned. We dialogued on my very first podcast that I ever did for the Be Here Now Network some years ago.
1: Uh, yeah, episode 25.
2: Episode 25. <laughs> exactly. Kelly knows yeah and um, so now I have her on again having gone through all the Illuminati and the gray-haired elders and the people whose eyes you know are like artificial intelligence four-dimensional AI processors all of my friends and spiritual luminaries and now we have our our youthful representative here, Kelly Rigo from Providence, Rhode Island. Actually, she's in Maui and lives in Maui now yes. Maui, and works for Ramdas full time. And we really appreciate that. How are you today, my dear? I'm Kelly. doing
1: great. It's a bit of a rainy day here, but uh, nice and cozy. So
2: I'm sure. Happy to talk to you. It's a rainy day in paradise. There's probably rainbows, and it's good for all the growing things in that beautiful, healing island of Maui. That's for certain. Yes. I'm here in the Pilgrim State, where some call it the Puritan state <laughs> of Massachusetts, so uh, I know we, it well winter and and uh, summer here in spring, snow on the baseball fields of the Red Sox, et cetera, but it's a nice day today, and the turtles and ducks are out in the pond out there. I can see them oh good and it's a beautiful day and. Kelly, I've been wondering since we've been doing this a few years, and um, perhaps you have some fielded some questions, or you know, you want me to talk about some particular thing that the let's say younger generations are into, or I hate to say this, what's trending now <laughs> in the spiritual world, like mindfulness, or or what, you know, what's next? What's the future of this ancient timeless. Spiritual transformation practices like my own lineage of Dzogchen, the natural great perfection, or, um, Ram Bhavas's bhakti and devotional tradition, Maharaji and Kurali Baba, and so on. Uh, of course, I'm in the Dzogchen lineage, and I had a deep dive in my 20s, 30s, and 40s over in Asia. And my gurus, even if they're gone from this world, they're still with me and in me and in us and all around. That's the meaning of lineage. And the invisible array, well those who who have gone before, just like our ancestors mm-hmm. and um, we have their genes, and we have a lot of that they've done for us, and uh also connected to those in the future that we haven't even seen yet, but we can easily foresee so any thoughts about that, like uh everything is about the now, now, and Instagram and <laughs> snap your fingers, chat, and so on. And how does that Correct. relate to, to timeless lineage and tuning into the deathless and timeless, you know, primordial, some call it a God or the source or the higher power, inner power? Mm-hmm. What uh, are people looking for and need today? And, and how can we serve this need going forward? Any thoughts or questions mm-hmm. even?
1: Well, I guess what I was hoping – to get a little clarity on is my interpretation of Dzogchen or one of the major teachings is as it is,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, and I guess embracing the great perfection as it is. And I've noticed from sitting in on different retreats and also me personally, is that people have a really tough time with accepting the spectrum of what's going on in the world right now as the great perfection
0: <laughs> that's why
2: it's great it's beyond good and bad great because there's okay. sure is plenty of shit exactly. <laughs> great i love you too warts and all that's the meaning of great perfection not perfection uh-huh. versus imperfection. great okay so there's a deep acceptance in this and embracing life in all of its Phantasmagoric uh, and um, kakame mi mishigas.
1: <laughs> so, when you say great perfection, then it, that's a useful term to take you outside of the yes. duality or getting right. pinned against
2: yes. One in Sanskrit, the other. word is maha, so maha means like the next level, like maha. Ah, like, maha, <laughs> Lord Shiva is a maha. Right. Not just one of the Hindu gods, but like the Lord of gods, the god of gods. So that Maha Mudra or Maha Ati in Sanskrit is Zochan. So it's the great natural great perfection, the innate great perfection beyond duality like liking and disliking, which is so subjective and so personal. This is transpersonal, not impersonal, transpersonal, where everything is with the highest whatever you can imagine the deepest the truest the divinest is it, it transcendent yet it's imminent in everything including the shadow side as we recognize even shadows are nothing but light light phenomena so we can accept we, this takes work to practice and sadhana it means like practice or reenactment of the path of the siddhas the saints uh-huh. we we can Become like that and be like that, and realize that part of ourself that is uncorrupted and uncorruptible. Like in psychology, Western psychology calls the inner child. It doesn't mean childish, it's childlike, it's uncorruptible. (laughs) That fun part of you that plays with baby, sits on the floor, or plays with dog or cat. So that's the great perfection, even though we live in a very fractious. And fractured, and unjust. Let's say era. I mean, I feel like a husband whose wife has been unfaithful. As far as the country and the government right now, and it, it reminds me of the '60s. It's so hard to trust anything ah. from comes from outside there, from the government or from the news media or the politicians or you know the the. Whether it's the, called the fake news or alternative facts, or and everything is is so subjective anyway, regardless, century after century, and now we have this era of the death of expertise mm-hmm. and the lack of accountability, where even you know political leaders can just lie and, and get away with it, and everybody agrees it's a lie or an exaggeration, but it doesn't matter. So. I'm feeling a little cheated on, but still, in the great perfection, you know, in the bigger commitment to true relationship, that can be forgiven too. That's what the great, like the great love, is beyond liking and disliking your mate, or your right. parent, or your sibling, or the earth, or your body. You know, people have right. issues with their body image or whatever, and yet you can come to love and accept yourself and your body and and warts and all. And that's the work that's the big love beyond like and dislike that's that's the big buddha beyond buddhism that's the great natural great perfection right that's the big maharaji not a male person who left this world in 1973 in india but and was a saint but the big maharaji that is like the higher power and power source that we'll have access to or a part of, it's part of us. So we could say it's all his will. If you're a theist, you could, you you know, there's a place in me that can surrender to that because I'm not in control of all that's going on in the world. And then there's another place in me that wants to try to improve things. Like we tried in the 60s and 70s and it was a very socially active era and ever since then. And it's coming around again with this pendulum swim, swing. Yeah. So innate great perfection is beyond uh, good and bad. Like today's a rainy day. Does that mean we You said we. Yeah. Does that mean it's a bad day? I mean, it's a good day for the flowers, and and, and the uh, the farmers. Yeah. Maybe it's a bad day for the tourists who want to go to the beach and are only there for you know a weekend.
1: Right. And have. So traveled. it's so
2: subjective. Yeah, I've traveled a long way to get a Hawaiian beach day. So everything's so subjective. So that relates to embracing everything. Like the great Thich Nhat Hanh, the uh, Buddhist activist and saint and wise monk of Vietnam says, the world is full of suffering. We need to embrace the suffering. It doesn't mean we wish it on anybody, but it is what it is. As you said, that's what Dzogchen is, about reality. We can embrace it. We don't have to try to increase the suffering. We can, in fact, try to alleviate it, but still not run away from it. And that's what big love is, acceptance and love. And forgiveness. Yes, and all those virtues, mercy and forgiveness and empathy and feeling what the other feels even when they violently. Vociferously disagree with us. <laughs> I changed that for violent. When they vociferously disagree, <laughs> like at the family Christmas or Thanksgiving table when politics or religion might come up. But you still love them and you go every year. Yeah. Because they're your tribe, it's your clan. And love is bigger than like and dislike. And that's hard to live in life where we have so many irritations and so many preferences that's why the ancient zen master of china called the third ancestor in his trust in the heart sutra which is a three or four page poem in the trust in the heart sutra the third ancestor of china says the way is not difficult for those who have few preferences totally So that doesn't mean everybody has to order vanilla ice cream at the ice cream shop. You can, you know, pick whatever you want from the 50 flavors, but it just means we don't have a tantrum if our flavor isn't available that day. Right. The way is not difficult for those who have few preferences. So that's the big natural perfection or, or radical acceptance and love, unconditional love that we're aiming for. And I have found that it's actually uh, workable. We have that in us. And I hope that others uh, find or resonate with that too. As you do. I see your guru, Nirmkaroli Baba, behind you. And it makes me happy. He gave me my name. And, you know, he was always wrapped in that plaid blanket. And it's become a metaphor for all of us of being under or wrapped in his blanket, even though he breathed his last as far as we know, in 1973.
1: It's funny to feel that, us. even though I never
2: met him. So that's about lineage, and that's how we can do it today, wherever we are, in the modern world, in the Western world, or like you, you in your social media and um, creative, high-tech kind of world, you can still feel embraced by that blanket, under the blanket, in the blanket, in the tents, you know. In the lineage, like you like you meet him in the satsang, in our beloved community, as he said, as Jesus said also by the way.
1: Mm. I would I would agree, but it, it started digitally before I got to meet those people in person. And that's I guess what I love about doing what I do and having come from such a strong media background, what it, it was actually following Ram Dasan. Facebook and listening to the podcast is how I got to even come close to meeting a satsang, and then from there, uh, I just started. Uh, I started collecting pictures of Maharaji because I started reading Miracle of Love because of someone posting the stories, and then I just kept saving the pictures. I thought he was a really adorable grandpa, and <laughs> you're like, I don't know why I he like is, this guy so much. He is, I know, and then uh, now it's. Like I just see him so much as when I say Maharaji, I just always feel like it's the univ, the universe in drag, or like Ram Dass says, God in drag. It's just the costume yeah, it's that a universal the universe. <laughs> who always
2: That's loves like, you, so, you know. You don't have conflict with like you may have with your parents who try to discipline you. You, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's it's uh it's definitely a feeling. Recently, I had a, friends come visit me on Maui, and we got to go to Ram Dass's house for Kirtan and um, they are not into this scene.
2: And oh, you just, were telling me. They were your old friends from the Peace Corps or something? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. wait so before, they, you know, there's no context. I just, you know, I I played them Kirtan on the ride over just so then they would have an idea of the music. And um, from there, didn't really say much because, uh, you know, you weren't talking, we were chanting along. And then afterwards, I asked them, like, what was your favorite part of visiting Maui? They're like, going to Ramdas's house. They're like, it just felt so good. It just (laughs) felt so warm. And you just felt so loved there. And so it's it's something that um, I was explaining to them that bhakti yoga is that is probably one of the coziest paths (laughs) of union with God. (laughs) It's going to
2: it really warms it's very welcoming yes that's Maharaji's love and that's what he embodied and modeled for all of us so it's interesting to me uh, as a uh you know kind of a Luddite like like Fred Flintstone here (laughs) that you first met Maharaji (laughs) virtually through the podcasts yes
1: yeah
2: and um you know, those of us who have were named by him or, or, quote, knew him, meaning we were with him in person in India in the 70s while he was still alive Early 70s, then people think, you know, that the, some people think that to have met him in person is special and uh, it's hard to meet him now. But I kind of think the opposite, not entirely opposite. I, I know what they mean, but... For example, one of my girlfriends, who in the satsang Lakshmi, she became never met Maharaj in person. We were going to meet him, going to India on my second trip when he left this world in 1973. Oh. And so Lakshmi was like broken hearted, but we went to the ashram anyway. It was right after the cremation, and, and she, you know, has become like one of his greatest. Uh, she's gone now, but she became one of his greatest devotees and was always painting Hanuman, and her big flying Hanuman was on the. Stage on the wall behind Ram Das and Das and Jai Gopal and people for years. And she was more devoted to Maharaji than I was. And she only met him in the spirit, like you. you see. Yeah. So we didn't have podcasts then, but she met him in the spirit through the pictures and the love of the satsang and kirtan and that warm, welcoming, inclusive blanket of acceptance and love and urging to, you know, conscious evolution and. Love everyone, not just those that you like or or who stroke your ego and who are nice to you, but opening, widening the concentric circles of our loving heart.
1: Yeah, and I think um, one of the things that comes through from Ramdas that is easy for me to accept is he talks to his guru and his imagination. And you have like having that trust in my imagination mixed Mm -hmm. with the faith is, you know, sometimes my meditation involves like cuddling up and talking to Maharaji, like I'm in the blanket, he's in the blanket. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, and that's for me, my meditation. It's, yeah. it's, he's hanging, I get to hang out with him too, you know,
2: so. Yes. So I hope you do that and you trust in, I mean, I know you trust in that, but I'm just saying, this is something we can learn to experiment with and trust in and see if our intuition doesn't agree. <laughs> not that you're just pretending, you know, because like Buddha's not pretending, you know. Maharaj is not pretending. No, so we don't have oh, to no. pretend either. I mean, we can fake it till we make it. That's what practice is, sort of. But you know, if after a while it's not authentic, try something else. Yeah, like any relationship. um yeah. I. It's funny you mentioned that because even uh, yesterday, I need I, my hip is hurting, so I'm gonna have to do something about for hip replacement. So I'm always. Lying down at night on the other side, Uh which I'm not used to, to go to sleep. And, you know, we're such creatures of habit, big and small. It's funny because we talk about freedom and, and we work on ourselves and all and to get out of our ruts and to recondition and decondition in positive and significant, valuable ways. But it's still hard to just like sleep on the other side or any small change you know so anyway but what i was thinking was relevant to what relevant to what you were saying kelly i was imagining putting my head in my guru's lap just like we are taught in tibetan buddhist lineage we put our head in tara's lap which is nice because she's the female buddha archetype not a historical figure But, you know, we could also do it in our teacher's lap or really just like you could do it in our parents' lap. If you imagine your grandparents, whatever makes you feel good when you're sick. And it may seem like imagination, but since everything almost, you could say, takes place in your mind anyway. Like if I see my parents in a dream, it's just like seeing them, (laughs) even though they're dead now. Right. I have the same feelings. So. It works. I like yeah. putting my head in her lap last night, Tara. And uh, that's kind of, and we call it guru yoga in Tibetan, the union of the guru and the highest with the uh, inter- supposedly separate individuals. So that's how you approach the oneness. So you go through the portal of devotion into the oneness, just like you instinctively are doing whatever you said, Cuddling up in Maharaji's um, arms and Oh, no, we're rack. having
1: sleepover. This is like a grandpa. It's like sleepover talk. It's like yeah. uh, we're giggling right. and like yeah, hanging like out, staying up late. Yeah.
2: <laughs> staying up late. <laughs> Rock, rocking with the guru. I like
1: it. Oh, yeah. We're just, we could
2: write a song about this.
1: Just singing Free Rap Rocking with
2: Maharaji. <laughs> <laughs> staying up late in the now.
1: It's, yeah, it's really
2: a fun right in the now. Well, he always used to call us rascals, you know, Bad Mosh, we like the little rascals. (laughs) It was very, very appropriate. And still are, in a way, because of that inner child thing. Like, he is like the grandfather, spiritually, or father, or mother, parent, elder to us. And um, when we don't know what to do, sometimes it's good to just you know, you don't know what to pray for or ask for or decide on or choose to do or analyze with a checklist, check, you know, pluses and minuses or however you decide things with a decision tree or whatever, rationally. I just put my hands together in prayer and bow my head and, and listen. And I'll say, like, I don't know. And whatever form your inner power has, you know, Maharaji or your guru or your guru or Buddha or the the, the source, I, I feel like the less I'm present, the more room there is for that to speak or yeah. to be heard and for direction to come and connect to higher purpose, higher, you know, deeper, truer direction, true north, speaking yeah. of conscious evolution, not ordinary direction, true north. And it's like an inner gyroscope that you can really connect to. And I recommend that to people all the time. Because there's many different ways to pray or kneel or practice, spiritual practices and things to do or ask for or let go of. But just not knowing and the surrendering is a huge part of it. And putting our head in the embrace of the Guru is just is fantastic. If we could put our whole life in that service, it would be fantastic not irresponsible, it would be super, Maha responsible. I mean, we'd be like responsible for the, the whole earth and all the people, all the beings, like our body and all all this energy and all the consciousness, like our own soul or mind. And then we take care of it like ourselves. We take much better care of it. So when you stay up late with Maharaji, <laughs> What do you girls do together?
1: Uh Me, you and Maharaji. It's, it's not all. It's definitely not all the, the time. The yeah, I know. It's uh, when it is. It's I mean, like, do
2: you sing kirtan or do you cry or you just like cuddle in?
1: Uh, it's you know I'm just like trying to fall asleep and it's dealing with like some anxieties of what's to come um, for the next day or getting like oh how am I gonna get through this and just kind of relaxing into. Even if like, I don't know, sometimes the words come back. It's not like it's coming out of his mouth, but it's just, you know, letting the thoughts flow in and giving a chance to, mm-hmm. to listen and yeah, bow. And right. I would say the, the surrender game is pretty fruitful. If you can really get on board and having yeah. Maharaji as like the placeholder, it helps step mm-hmm. into that trust and faith I have found. Yeah.
2: Well, that's like our, our Dzogchen practice that's what he's saying in Guru Yoga about surrendering to that which is the as it is leave it as it is be as is let it be as is not just let go but let things come and go let be as is that pretty well sums up the Dzogchen meditation practice but then there's also how we bring that into the world you know in our okay. daily life where you have whatever you have a boss or deadlines or what'd you say, work three people's worth of work by <laughs> yeah. you know, etc. So that's where the bigger you know the rubber meets the road on the spiritual path where you have to really dig deep to can you surrender into that as you know, like another limb of Maharaji's that's under his blanket. <laughs> you know, not just his bosom or his lap but you know some other part of the divine also to surrender into and to be one with and do your best and let go and let let it flow and do keep doing your best and letting go and trust that that's the best you can do
1: yeah i can feel i've been being lately in the career sense i feel him nudging me to my growth edge you know feeling like it was like right behind, right. Behind. <laughs> is. which is yeah. good which is he's
2: pointing us yeah
1: um but the the only zhocan meditation or i guess one of the only times i've been to one of your retreats you did like an open eye big sky meditation and i've always Stug, liked yeah. that as part of the yeah. zhocan lineage because i think that is helpful to bring it into the your day-to-day life when you're not Yes. closing your eyes and separating and that the meditative state or that as it is can be cultivated when you're looking at the sky and hopefully <laughs> it's easier to integrate it yeah. into the Well,
2: that's one thing I like about Zogin uh, and its sister practice Mahmud these like direct access or naked awareness practices of tibetan buddhism which has a lot of different practices and mantras and tantras and visualizations and sacred music and chanting a lot of things aspects but in this just the naked awareness part since we're practicing with eyes open and all it's very integratable into daily life so then you know you can do that anytime and not just you, but you know all of us together who are in this conversation, listening or thinking about it or listening later. If you just take a break and like raise your gaze and say ah, like you have an instant American one, you know five-second zazen meditation. It's like ah, a lot of things get dispersed or you know lightened, and we can if we could punctuate the solidity of a claustrophobic day with these like instant quickies you know natural meditations it really you start to see through things better like the solidity the tin foil has a lot of punctures in it it's more like the screen in a window the way you could actually see through it rather than a concrete sky looming in on you and how am I ever, ever going to get out of this rut this job this path it's family this you know health situation but you see you know more the the, the sky is still there and nothing has changed and the the weather comes and goes and everything changes eventually and you have a breath of fresh air which changes everything sometimes i just go outside and do that just for a change because i love nature and outside and sports and i'm a physical guy and i love water i'm always talking about the water element and co-meditating with water lakes and the sea and waterfalls and streams but uh, just to go outside even in the city it's fantastic and away from the world of words and thoughts and writing and speaking and teaching and translating study that i spend a lot of my time in much as i love my work and that kind of work but just to go outside and say oh what a miracle like the freshness of spring or the sharp clarity of winter you know and the snow and the cold or the gorgeous brocade of autumn leaves here in the Northeast. I don't know. You probably don't have any seasons in Hawaii except the uh, beautiful.
1: You yeah, know, and dry. It gets cold here, where I am. <laughs> uh,
2: but just going outside and connecting to the whole, uh, even physically, viscerally, is like a Dzogchen meditation, natural meditation, with your eyes open. So we can really carry it on anywhere. And it doesn't have to be for long hours you you were saying something about hours of practice and um, you know, how to integrate it into daily life. And I think that's very important.
1: So you're grazing instead of waiting to have like a big meal right. to just. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it, grazing is a, is a funny term. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, in Tibetan, there's actually a saying, yangtong drangmang, and our teachers always used to say it. It means many quickies rather than a few longies. Right. <laughs> So, this is how we um bring it into daily life. We have our intense or you know contemplative practice period, not just on Sunday or Saturday, but maybe every morning or sometime in the day or a couple times a day, you know, depending on you and your lifestyle and time, but then also integrating with daily life that's really really important and so, doing it for five seconds while waiting for the light to change or the elevator. While you're um, at a meeting and losing, you know, starting to get bored or lose your temper, you can always refresh yourself by taking a deep breath, and even saying ah to yourself, or look at the sky, or you know, look up and sideways with your eyes. These are all quickie practices. Break up your heavy thoughts or boredom with the right to left. Gaze toward mm-hmm. by the fifth Dalai Lama and then up and down, up and down, and just do like once or twice or three times, and uh this kind of thing. And then you connect like a natural freshness to like a present awareness.
1: That must have been nice when you were taking your three year silent meditations, just to have all of those physical plane things kind of taken care of, and you could really go deep.
2: Yeah. It was fantastic, and it was a great opportunity to do the three-year, three-month, three-day t- traditional Tibetan meditation retreat. And of course, with that comes, you know, a lot of other things. Not just like all your needs are taken care of, but you're also living like a monk or a nun in a cell, and you know, with an all-day schedule of meditation and chanting and prayer and yoga and meditation and chanting and prayer and yoga. <laughs> Four or five hours of sleep and meditate. Did I mention yet meditation, and chanting, and prayer and yoga? Right. <laughs> and I bring- no weekends, no holidays. You know, there were Tibetan holidays like Tibetan New Year. But
1: right, I guess it was I bring. Like an
2: all-day puja, it was an all-day chant and ritual and feast. You know, ritual feast.
1: Right. Well, I think I bring that up because I know sometimes one thing's like oh if only I could just like catch a break and just be able to go so deep into this it would be easier you know
2: but But it's got its its own it's true but you have to be authentic to yourself you know like I did that when I was in my 20s and 30s so if you have children if you have you know a a career if you're taking care of uh, sick parents or elders you know you can't just go away and be a monk or a nun for three and a half years. But um, you can go to a retreat where you can listen to a podcast. You know, you can do your prayer, your contemplative practices, your yoga, your meditation, your prayer, your chanting, your chanting every day, wherever you are. Yeah. You can um, listen to the teachers and you can watch them on YouTube and you can listen on uh, podcasts and you know, many other ways and always stay in touch. And you can be with your spiritual friends doing that, like you were driving to Ram Das's house to Bhakti chanting on perhaps Krishnadas's Kirtanwala, you know, beautiful. It was actually
1: Nina. On the but. Radio. <laughs>
2: okay. so Nina Rao. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, even in the car. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's my so chanting movie. That's
2: the modern. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I still have all my a lot of CDs in the car because it's easy to play them in the car. You know, mm-hmm. I don't really have them at home because at home it's easy to get just in not streaming in other ways.
1: Funny enough, the only CD in my car is your dream yoga CD.
2: <laughs> well, I told you, Fred Flintstone. I'm glad you're still, you know. Well,
1: right. you know, you have to have yeah. one just at in, yeah. in case Bluetooth right. doesn't work. And-
2: yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Um, there's high tech and then there's heart tech and it's good you know the heart tech always works that grid never goes down you can always tune (laughs) into Maharaji vision or Buddha vision that's the heart tech and you know the head's like the I think Ramdas probably said this because he he said you know he said everything he's like our Shakespeare of spiritual sayings oh
1: goodness yes of course
2: Shakespeare also was not afraid to borrow as we say from the past even plagiarized to the great Shakespeare. So Ramdas said something like the head is like the office and the heart is like home. So yeah. you want to make sure that you you know you don't spend all your time in the office. Nobody ever on their deathbed says, I wish I spent more time at the office. So heart tech yeah. is very important. And even though there's always new things to get and now somebody's trying to tell me to get Alexa with a Google Home thing, so I can you know because I'm always asking questions, I can just ask the questions like aloud into the air and get an answer without typoing it with my fingers on the little keyboard on my iPhone. <laughs> they think it's made for me I'm the question man, <laughs> I'm not joking. I asked Google Home the other day because somebody said, "Come on, try Google home." so I said, "You know, do you love me and <laughs> And this damn machine came up with a pretty good answer. Uh, it said something like, "I yes, in a in a service uh, oriented way, yes." Oh. So it was like, "Holy moly! Yeah, this is a, AI is getting more involved than we are." You're like, "I understand service.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. I accept that." In the
2: service way, not you know emotionally, sexually, you know? Well,
1: at least it was being authentic, too. So you're like, yeah, oh, okay. That's yeah.
2: interesting. Oh, and then, so the other wise guy that I was with said, uh, hey, Google, or okay, I think you say, hey, Alexa, but you say, okay, Google. Okay. With this thing. He said, okay, Google, what is the meaning of life? I'm leaving a pause here on purpose, so everybody's listening can think about this. Now, how is this... Alexa or Google Siri like thing can answer this. What is the meaning of life? And it's probably you say, I'm not, I don't qualify to answer that. That's not a question to answer. So the, the damn thing came back with um, a number. Of course, I have no memory, but it came back with a number. I'm going to make up the number like um, 422, which was the number of the meaning of life in the famous classic cult classic book a hitchhiker's Guide oh to it's 42 yeah 42 or
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. it's a sci- kind of science fiction spoofy but it it like looked into the wikipedia of its mind and it came up with the answer to what is the meaning of life according to a literary source 42 I thought that was fantastic most of us that were sitting there didn't remember that <laughs> so it actually answered our question in like a, a funny way so heart tech is always there and we can ask and we can look inside whether you call it praying or self-inquiry or uh, ask the llama or ask the teacher or ask your trusted uh friend or sister you know for help or for knowledge or uh, how do you what do you do when you're so down that you can't even Pray, or you know, you don't even believe in what you usually believe in. What do you do? And you can get some really good help that way. So, I'm all for asking, which was the beginning of this little tirade. I right. think if we can lower our head and ask, uh, didn't Ramdas say, "Ask and you shall receive"? Sure. <laughs> Knock and it will be open to you. Well, maybe that was in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I encourage that. And and that's why I had the nickname from my Tibetan guru, the great Kalumpache, late Kalumpache, the question man. So I used to ask questions all the time. And once I asked him if that was okay, he said, you know, my wasting your time and you have so many disciples and refugee camps, responsibilities here. And he said, Ask all your questions, then one day you will know. <laughs> He didn't say, you will know like me, but that's what he was implying. Like, ask all your questions. You're the secret. Keep seeking and questioning and investigating. And one day you will know, you will find out. And I'm just passing that on to you. You're a little younger than me and to everyone that's listening. Don't settle for simple answers. Ask all your questions. And it doesn't just have to be um, analytical or intellectual. Either there are ways of asking intuition, the heart, feeling, you know, body knowledge, getting your hands and feet dirty in the earth, kind of questioning, you know, by doing things like that or the arts, being creative, questioning the muse, you know, shaking the muse up.
1: Yeah, I guess that is, I think one of the things I wanted to talk about is like, after the mindfulness or, Mm -hmm. that kind of thinking it's some sort of state it's actually you know being creative or mindful
2: through it's a tool it's a tool it's not an end in itself it's like um it's like mental floss you know dental floss is healthy but it's so you can use your teeth not right as an end in itself and so mindfulness like mental floss makes you healthier but then you know what do you do with it? like sharpening the tool or sharpening the saw, as some leadership p- people call it. I think from Stephen Covey, sharpen the saw every day, like use your skills and improve yourself a little, learn something. And mindfulness as we use it today in North America uh, has become a little bit utilitarian in my view. And um, it could go a little deeper, like all the way to loving awareness, cosmic awareness, Oneness, awareness of oneness, you know, having a, a mindful of love and conne- and connection and wisdom, not just concentrated, not just being muscle bound like people who lift weights over much, but really being a healthy all around uh, athlete or healthy mensch, well rounded in your life with yourself and others. A Dzogchen is a very um, subtle, advanced kind of way of mindfulness. We said there's a different kind, six kinds of mindfulness, according to Dzogchen, and not just um, concentrating on what you're doing, while you're doing it, which is general mindfulness, like chewing a raisin a hundred times is general mindfulness, being very attentive to that one thing. Uh-huh. or breath watching meditation, you know mindfulness of breathing and getting more concentrated, but we could also consider like uh what what brings wisdom like panoramic awareness, openness, and acceptance that can open your mind mindfulness, and the great perfection kind of mindfulness, Dharmakaya mindfulness my ke nur used to call it Ram Dass is a teacher Nursho kepo um in fact, I think I saw his face in the new Ramdas movie on Netflix. They showed <laughs> Ramdas's altar and there was an Kempo Made me happy. And I hope everybody is, is watching somehow. However, you get media today. I happen to see it on Netflix, the new Ramdas movie called um, Walking Home. Going home. Yeah, it's Going only home.
1: Only available on Netflix at the moment.
2: Yeah. So it will be around more. And it's very up to date. It's not just all about his life in the 60s, 70s, 50s, and 80s. It's very poetic and contemplative and up to date, like an encounter with Ramdas and Maharaji in the spirit and in nature and reality in the spirit now.
1: Yeah, very I think it does a good job of give it, letting you actually feel what it's like. Because since his stroke, you know, it's definitely, he's now so much more in his body and that feeling is that movie does it does it for you you don't have to go to it you got to go to his house you know in that way and
2: yeah and his pool and his water view and his sky view and his sky-like mind and his loving awareness and warm welcomingness and uh, Maharaji's big tent kind of blanket
1: yeah, I just think for all he must have traveled, for the, all the amount that he moved around and talked and talked and talked, it's just nice that he's like, ah, at least he can just take a break there and that's a nice view.
2: I think that um, that film marks a new step in an evolu- the evolution of the Ramdas saga because Ram Dass was one of the most articulate people on the planet. Not just as a professor and a teacher and a public speaker, but you know, as a thinker and a like a guru, a, a mentor. And he could really like the intent of the race, and he could really articulate things that a lot of us hadn't uh, experienced, or you know, point out the way where we hadn't seen yet. And uh, after his stroke, he had aphasia has aphasia, and it's a little hard to speak, but he's still expressing and embodying and exuding that, so I think this was a very interesting, almost like noble silence movie. <laughs> not that it was silent, but there was a lot of flowing water and sky and nature and him and the family uh. Bouncing in the pool or the hot tub, and uh, being with Ramdas in, in, in a more spacious way—not just the, the words and the talk that we're so familiar with. Like you said, your friends when you were driving to his house, you had some Dina Rao's kirtan, chanting divine hymns on the, on the player in the car, the music player, whatever kind it is, so you weren't talking, and in a way that's what I mean by this marks a new evolution of Ram Dass's saga, you know he's the author mm-hmm. of so many books and, and, you know, talks and words, but this was almost like a um, inside job this is uh, almost like an inside job in, in the sacred space of his, his uh, guru vision or, you know Yeah, Yeah. his heart, heart tech, not his brilliant mind, because he is some kind of genius, but his brilliant, beautiful, loving, spacious, warm, welcoming heart, which is Maharaji's heart.
1: Uh, You said the term inside job, which is something I say when I describe my job and why it's so important (laughs) to me to produce these kinds of podcasts and, you know, to do the free courses via ramdas.org and like try, really trying to make all of this as accessible as possible. And like, sometimes you got to pay for stuff, but otherwise like we ha- it's a huge mission to make sure that all of this information is words are available, but because I feel like we are all tasked with now working on, it's an inside job in terms of making the world better. And so yes. having these tools available, or even just listening to a talk that you know, asks those questions that you, then you start asking your own questions, or even getting to the point that you can handle being quiet in your heart by yourself, even for like right. a minute.
2: Yeah, That would be awesome for any great. of us, not just you know, many city dwellers, which is not us. Awesome for anyone.
1: Right, so if- There's
2: so little interiority today, it's silence anywhere except in deep nature. People are forgetting the value of that. I mean, the children are growing up without that, just being stimulated every second.
1: So I find that, yeah, that's part of why I love my job is those tools, because I've used them. And I started doing yoga when I was 18, so like many, many years ago. Not many, many, but. Not that many. All right, like it's 15. Great. But anyway, 15. <laughs> <laughs> and chanting and the bhakti yoga has been the only form that has been able to quiet my mind somewhat, that my heart gets to hang out and that like gets at least to come forward a lot more. And there's definitely a lot more comfortable silence, you know, so that's that's why I love this stuff.
2: (laughs) Well, we all love this stuff because it's such a relief. And it comes in different ways or forms to each of us, but it's just such a relief and so beautiful. That's a miracle of love, as Maharaja called it. I was thinking about how much I love chanting and quiets my New York motor mind and motor mouth, too. And, um, And devotion really does open your heart and your finer or your positive beautiful emotions not such as difficult challenging conflicting emotions and uh gets one out of the head and out of the office so i'll give another vote for the your heart tech job uh, <laughs> you kelly Rigo, have integrated that into your path as your true vocation it's beautiful and good for all of us so thank you and um of course we all know who listen to these podcasts that there are many podcasts on the Be Here Now network and you, Kelly and others are producing and you can all find them. And even though some things seem to cost money on all of these offerings, nobody's complaining about it being a commercial venture because most of them are free or low cost or, you know, nobody's kept out if they can't afford to pay. And that's always been Ramvas and uh, Maharaji's way I mean, Maharaji never charge for anything he never accumulated anything either he was the only really example of non-attachment and generosity feed him and love him that was one of his modder, famous mottos. Mm-hmm.
1: um feeding everyone you know it struck me the other night uh ramdas at the end he said that uh we were making mala bracelets we were making these bracelets we were mm-hmm. attaching some of maharaji's blanket to this mala and he said just the whole night of us doing piecework and chanting at the same time, you weren't, it was a quiet affair. You know, we really weren't chit-chatting. And he just said that it fed his heart and it clicked mm. in that moment. I was like, oh, that's mm. the feed everyone. It's not mm. just like a, like actual yeah, food. food. It's like, oh, like you, you,
2: have, nourish- you feed
1: everyone that way too. And I was like, oh, so... You never know when there's going to be a whole new layer, too. That's why I like Maharaji's teachings. They're so They're simple, but not easy. And um, no, it's very profound, and there's so many layers. So I was happy to find another layer.
2: (laughs) So even you, you're such a high-tech and uh, fast new media person. You got a lot out of this handicraft and the service of tying the wrist malas for the next retreat that's a big
1: part of my own
2: 100 people coming next week yes
1: oh but uh, I would say crafts are a big part of my my practice I like to Mm -hmm. if I have to listen to a dharma talk I'm usually coloring or like uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) cross-stitching mandalas and um, I just found that I needed that that is another grounding practice and it's fun to have something to show for it on the end of the day. Actually, I have
2: one right here. I can show you. Yeah, show us. What did you, oh,
1: that's beautiful. So I'm in the middle of so what is that? It's a mandala. And you so just... yeah, it's just it's like looking, basically coloring with like red.
2: Rabbi Zalman Shachter's yarmulkes used <laughs> to look like that.
1: <laughs> it looks a little funny because of the hoop, but, yeah. um, These are part of the things, because I have such a screen internet focused job that I have to, I make sure to do non-screen based activities or like, uh, I do puzzles
2: a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to do uh, some gardening and things that I never really used to do. It's good to be grounded and kneel down in in the earth and under the sun and, uh, you know, be like a little more animalistic or just ordinary, like, and feel the earth. And the chloroform and chlorophyll, the green, the green thing, nature growing up through me too, not just being my head thinking about sculpting bridges to nirvana or something, <laughs> <laughs> towers of babel to, to heaven. Well, uh, Sylvia Borstein, the uh, long-time you know mindfulness teacher from Spirit Rock, she's always knitting. Of course, she's the Jewish grandmother bodhisattva, so she has plenty. Of, grandkids she's also a uh, phd psychologist so she's no slouch up here in mental department but and she's wonderful and wise and loving but she's always knitting at our meetings and our teacher meetings and our gatherings she's always knitting and she's always knitting something quote for the grandchildren who was sort of like anybody younger than her (laughs) not just a three or four grandchildren so it's a great mindfulness practice she'd be the first to say knitting cross stitching and darning anything that takes your, your you know you could do like one by one by one by one and repetitive and simple and focused on and staying with it it's great mindfulness natural healthy grounding and mindfulness practice are very recommendable i'm glad you found that for yourself
1: yeah one time i was listening to ram das talk and he was talking about uh rounds of mala and I don't necessarily use mala beads that frequently in in my practice and I was like oh no I don't have mala beads oh gosh I haven't done that and then I looked at my fat stack of colored mandalas and I was like oh those are my beads (laughs) like (laughs) so you gotta have the playfulness to and know yourself enough to know where to apply these practices and how you can kind of integrate it
2: Yes, and everybody's really an artist, you know, in one way or another the art of living, it doesn't have to be a physical craft or a recognized fine art. Everybody's creating their life and themselves every day. Well,
1: I think uh, as we're trying to balance out the energies of the world, receiving is something that I notice a lot of us aren't so good at. Mm -hmm. When you're sitting down to be creative and like pick the next color (laughs) of marker for what you're gonna choose, you know, Mm -hmm. Have to sometimes just listen. You're like, no, it needs to be this purple. This is the purple, or just even sit down to be able to listen, just to listen to yourself and listen to your heart. And it's easier when your your hands are moving. So,
2: yeah. So, as you probably know, I write poetry all the time, but I'm not trying to publish it or anything. I just write for myself in my notebook, and I'm also haiku a lot, and. I can't draw and I'm not that good with the crafts, but um, I feel like writing, not for deadlines or for my, you know, nonfiction books and things, but uh, just communing with the muses and has for many decades been an important part of my spiritual practice. And I'm mentioning that for anybody who's listening who thinks that it's something separate. that's not, you know. Oh yeah, just anyway sacred arts are all the arts however you find it yeah it's cooking fine art <laughs> yeah exactly anything just a chance that you can receive and, mm-hmm. yeah. and if you do you know in relation to or for other people not just for yourself or for reputation fame or you know success it's also it's really just a spiritual practice Getting out of the way and letting it come through. I'm often surprised at the things that I find written in my poetry notebooks. Like, who wrote that? <laughs> <It's> pretty awesome. <laughs> so if you get out of, out of the way, you know, the, the, your creative genie, your muse can come through. That's something I find very beautiful about the spiritual life that it's so accommodating, it has so many um, aspects or facets, like a rich jewel including relationship yeah, so oh yeah lips and uh, so just some of these things so i i see we've been talking for an hour on this podcast pretty much yeah. uh, do you have any other things you want to talk about or questions that have come to you as you're kind of the uh, nexus of the entire network
1: no but i think i would like to end with like maybe uh a mini a mini meditation perhaps. Okay.
2: So do you want to lead it? Oh no, we don't. You're hoping that I would. No, you <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, everybody, buckle up. Remember we talked before about many quickies rather than few longies and bring it any time in your day, like with an ah or a just go outside and look at the sky or something. So I'm gonna kind of introduce that and then leave some silence. And I'm gonna begin with a little Tibetan chant and invocation and ring the gong. So we get our other senses involved and the sound, just hear the sound. You don't have to think about what it means or anything and just follow the sound and go where it goes, go where it goes and let go of everything else and let it come and go and we'll just have a few moments of cont- we'll share a few moments of contemplative sweetness and again bowing to the divine to the light to the buddha to the god or goddess in your seat don't overlook her John Joseph, Jacob and May the lamp of enlightened be lit, may it be fanned into flame, may it illumine and relieve the entire universe. Uh. Join with me. With a big inhalation and then exhaling with a big relief full. Ah. Uh, oh. Come on, class. I don't hear you. <laughs> Inhaling okay. deeply. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, uh, get the idea? Mm-hmm. Just do this anytime. Of course, you could do it silently too if there's other people around. But just once more, imagine outside or looking up at the sky or just opening everything all of a sudden, inhaling deeply and a big relief, cosmic relief full. I ah, 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 ah. may the force be with you. Ah. Ah, how sweet it is. Mm. Noble silence, just being as is natural meditation, just sitting, just breathing, just being as is, as it is natural. Great perfection as it is right now. Ah. May all beings everywhere with whom we are inseparably interconnected and who want and need, same as we do. May all be awakened, liberated, healed, fulfilled, and free. May there be peace and harmony in this world. And may we all together complete the spiritual journey. Imaho. Miraculous, wondrous. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.